On this episode of How to Build a Tunnel podcast, Matt Miller from Measurand and Riley Smith from Trimble talk about geotechnical sensors used to monitor tunnels during and after tunnel construction. All right. Well, welcome, everyone, to uh, another Talking About Tunnels episode. And uh, I'm excited today to have Matt Miller from Measurand chat with us. So, Matt, maybe introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, Riley. Uh, so my name's Matthew Miller. I'm with a company called Measuran. We're based on the east coast of Canada. Uh, my background's technical services, and uh, we sell and support uh, the manufa- uh, the shape array, which we manufacture here in Canada. Um, everything is designed um, here, so I'm happy to be on the podcast today with, with Riley and then talk about deformation monitoring and tunnels. Sweet. Yeah, so as Matt mentioned, we're going to be talking about uh, deformation monitoring and some geotechnical stuff in tunnels. I want to start out this one with a little fact. I think it's always cool. I'm finding random tunnel facts all the time. So, (laughs) Matt, how high, and you can guess this in meters or feet, whatever works, how high do you think the world's highest, highest tunnel is above sea level? the highest tunnel um i'd have to say uh (laughs) of course that'd probably be the limit um yeah i'd have to guess somewhere in europe probably uh at least a kilometer above sea level through a mountain or something so the highest is in tibet funny enough just recently opened i think it was last year is when they reopened it the mila mountain and i might have butchered that but mila mountain (laughs) Tunnel pass, 4,752 meters above sea level. Yeah. I don't even think I'd be able to drive up that high without (laughs) fixing breathers. Cool. No. That's the fact of the day. (laughs) So, all right, Matt. Well, let's let's get into it. So, first of all, for everyone who's not familiar, in your own words, tell me what deformation monitoring is. So I believe you all lost a little bit of audio there, Riley, but uh, I think I got the, you know, oh, no, no problem. So I think the question was, uh, you know, deformation in tunnels, um, you know, and and, and why you need it. Uh, So I guess from my experience um, with with here at Measurin, it's mainly for the protection of third party assets, uh, less about, you know, new infrastructure, although that's not always the case. Um, So uh, part of a successful project really is just ensuring um, that nearby property and assets are also, you know, the, that when you showed up on site, they're the same as when you left. So, you know, that's part of just not, um, you know, driving a tunnel and making sure everything's in operation with, with safety, but as well as uh, monitoring and those assets and ensuring safety for, for the workers and in public around that uh, project. Cool. So you mentioned assets. So with a, with a tunnel, what's, Besides the tunnel itself, I mean, the whole thing, what's a, is there a specific types of assets in tunnels that people are looking to monitor? Um, mostly uh, utilities, and especially when you see in really high dense and, and urban areas um, that uh, the need for, you know, quick transportation has become more and more, but uh, especially in, in more, um, you know, established uh, places and in Europe especially, uh, there's so much old infrastructure below the surface. Um, so you're kind of ensuring, you know, the the health of those a- assets as well as what's above ground. So 
um, everything changes when you get into a tunnel uh, from from what we've seen in the industry. So um, yeah. it's just, you know, all about managing risk for through the data that uh, you can make available to yourself with instrumentation. Cool. And and so data, what what is the kind of data that that is collected? Like what is someone looking for when they're when they're doing deformation monitoring? Um, relative, very specific movements, I guess, is probably the, the broader terminology for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for, for our case, you know, with Shaper A, it's, it's relative to the initial starting shape. So it's all relative from, you know, that initial timestamp when it's put uh, in the soil or structure. Um, but there's a, a whole suite of geotechnical instruments available out there that are, are very, um, that are needed in very specific cases to be able to you know, make decision makers and, and stakeholders confident um, in the performance and, and health of the project and, and structure. Cool. So so earlier this week, we, we talked um, with, with another individual about tunnel kind of standards and requirements. In your experience, is it often that, let's say, when a, when a tunnel's built or maybe in the maintenance contract after it's built, that there's requirements that dictate what kind of sensors that they're using to monitor or like maybe accuracy or frequency what's what's your thoughts there yeah sure the in some cases people are looking for live deformation monitoring um you know of that tunnel for those concrete liners for example um and others is more just performance monitoring and just kind of using that data to calibrate models over time for kind of subsequent projects um, and stuff like that. So uh, we work a lot with our distributors and integrators internationally. Um, so you, you can see a really, you know, kind of various change as, as the project um, on what project you're dealing with case to case, which makes it so unique. Yeah, that is cool. So maybe, what's a, maybe you can give me an example of how, how it was, how maybe the, the measure and sensors were used on a project or a, a tunneling project. And, and why they were installed? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm not sure what the exact root, um, you know, of the, the need was. Uh, Measurant's mm-hmm. been around for over 25 years. I've been with here, um, you know, three years myself. Uh, but in our earlier models, um, it was just kind of to replace um, some other types of sensors uh, for that, you know, tunnel profile monitoring. So what we call okay. convergence monitoring, you know, in that plane around the array. Um, and it's can be, you know, also done with geodetic methods uh, as well, and some other, you know, products that are available in the market. Um, but in this case, it was uh, it was just kind of, you know, the ease of installation and automated data collection um, in a case where access might be difficult uh, is is usually where we see um, people kind of, you know, split that fork in the road whether they're looking at, you know, optical or um, you know methods versus you know installed automated methods. Um, because it really depends, you know, on on a number of factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing you mentioned before was about um, uh, installing the sensors. Is there you know, a typical point when when they need to be installed? Like if I'm if I'm a contractor and I'm building a new tunnel, do I need to install it during construction or after? Or I guess maybe it depends on certain things. 
Yeah. So in, in, in some cases, especially when you're looking at, you know, nearby assets, for example, um, the contract could state they'd want uh, three months of a baseline reading uh, before the tunnel even, you know, meets that region. Uh, where in other cases I mentioned, they're, they're looking at more live automated data with, you know, five minute frequency, for example, um, while they're doing the construction works. And that could be, you know, soil related or, or loads above on the surface, um, something on those lines. So um, it really just kind of depends on, on what you're looking to, to monitor and, uh, yeah. and what you're looking to get out of the instrument, which kind of makes that uh, decision for you in a lot of cases. Very cool. All right. So we didn't really talk about it, but we mentioned the term geotechnical. So what, to you, what, what does geotechnical mean to you? What, what's the kind of broad definition of it? Um, I think it's, uh, you know, with we're, we're geomatics engineers, uh, you and I, Riley, so yeah. uh, I don't want to offend anybody in the audience. But, uh, you know, just being in the industry for a few years, um, it, it's, it seems just a, a lot of, you know, relating those structures and, and soils and how they um, can affect one another and, mm -hmm. uh, and verifying the, the models to ensure worker and, and, and uh, as well as public safety in a lot of cases in, in urban projects. Yeah, that's a good point. And you mentioned the the geomatics aspect of it, which yeah, we're we're both really familiar with that piece. Is is there any connection between like the geotechnical side and and maybe the survey geomatics kind of geodetics um, side of things? Like, do you see that on a tunnel project when when you're installing these sensors? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's very common, especially in mining applications um, or retaining walls uh, or you're retaining, you know, soils. Um, in, in our case, we, we assume a fixed reference end, which is pretty common with uh, geotechnical instruments, uh, meaning you have a, a zero, zero Cartesian coordinate. Um, so if there's any you know, reason or factor that you can't make that assumption confidently, then you would bring in, you know, an absolute measurement system such as a GPS or, or total station. And then you can survey in that, you know, that reference end so that you can have a, an absolute global um, measurement, you know, for, for that project. So there's a few interesting cases that we've had um, for tunnel projects, especially when they're doing uh, like a cut and cover um, or build yep. down, for example. And uh, they're, they're shooting what would the top of the array, which normally would be, you know, the noisiest. But since they have that uh, factor with total stations and a lot of case robotic total stations, um, then they can add that lay, uh, you know, level of confidence in their geotechnical data as well. Cool. So it sounds like maybe correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. So the, the, the geomatics survey sensor is kind of getting everything into a, like a coordinate system of some sort, whether that's like, uh, uh, just to your local coordinate system, in your state, province, wherever you are, or a world system, and then the geotechnical sensor is kind of measuring just relative to wherever it is. And so you can kind of combine those two to get where that geotechnical sensor actually is in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, uh, you really uh, nailed that one. So it's especially in, in large projects, um, you know, when you're looking at landslides, for example, uh, terrestrial or remote sensing applications, as you know, Trimble is very familiar with, uh, would be more effective. Um, but if there is, you know, one area in specific, they want to really kind of look in more detail. And that's when they investigate, you know, those more, um, you know, specific instruments in, in the geotechnical industry. And, and who, 
who does the 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 monitoring like you're 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 typically installing these sensors and working with people on different projects so on a, on a project where they're installing these deformation monitoring sensors who who on that project is is managing the data the sensors and all that like is it the contractor is it an engineer uh, for, for some cases you see um, in larger projects that there'd be you know some contractors as service providers uh, so yeah. that the contractor would be you know delivering the tunnel for example under the contract but part of it would be instrumentation so if they don't have that sort of uh, specialty in that case and they would look at you know other integrators and service providers that would come in and, and help fulfill that uh, monitoring requirement for the project that's typically as we kind of touched upon uh, articulated early on in the contract phase by the design engineer based on their uh, geotechnical investigations and, and reports cool so so let's let's step back and now let's say I'm uh, I'm a contractor or somebody and I've got in my my tunnel requirements that I need to install uh, a system for monitoring the structure of an existing tunnel. What do you need to know to help me make a, a better decision of what what I need to install where and like how often? What are the kind of like, you know, three to five factors that are really essential to, to understand? Um, in, in our case, it's, it's a little bit different as the manufacturer. Um, we're there to kind of help support um, that implementation and make sure that everything is as easy as possible um, for whether it's the integrator, consultant, or the end client that's doing the work directly. Yeah. Um, so, but that, but again, that, that those those aspects or, or uh, parameters are, are normally defined um, by the design engineer, and they usually have quite a bit of you know initial investigations that would give reasonings, you know, those three to five reasons for having you know, this instrumentation, this frequent and, you know, this sort of, um, you know, either rapid or long-term performance uh, monitoring data. Um, so it, it, it's really interesting depending on the location on, on what, uh, you know, we're, we're contacting and brought in to help, um, you know, bring that uh, contract to life, I guess, really, as far as the, the instrumentation goes. Yeah. Is there, you mentioned rapid versus, or in long-term, is there a reason why somebody would choose to have rapid versus long-term? Um, in, in some cases that, that I've been uh, involved with or, or helped, you know, um, our, our integrators or service providers with, um, is, is we goes back to the, the assets. Um, so in some cases, you know, if you're, if you're doing a tunnel and there's nothing above it, and it's owned by you know the the government or, or federal officials, then there's less of a concern in that case. But when you're in those urban sort of territory territories, then it becomes more. Uh, there's a lot more parties involved, and in, in, in some countries, uh, that adjacent property owner has uh, a lot of power and, and rights. So that's where a lot of instrumentation is needed, just to ensure that those adjacent uh, property owners that don't have a stake in the project itself. But are also, you know, left satisfied um, once the project's complete. Yeah, don't want any more leaning towers anywhere. Right? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Very cool. So, well, we talked quite a bit about deformation monitoring. Maybe uh, let's talk a bit about MeasureAnd and and the the solutions that that you provide. Yeah, so we're we're very uh, specific, um, and you know, you, you being a uh, visiting New Brunswick for school, for example. So 
a lot of people when we deal in 25 countries internationally it's hard to kind of you know point on a map where where new brunswick is in some cases but uh we're, we're the only manufacturer of uh, shape array uh, in the world and it's essentially a continuous um, chain of stainless steel segments connected by flexible joints and it uh, has an inclinometer um you know based technology in it so it uses mems accelerometers to measure tilt relative to gravity and then with our um, calibrations you're able to use that and plot a, a 3d shape in space uh, so again this is all re relative movements rel um, to that reference end the zero zero uh, so it's used in, in high you know high spatial resolution cases um, in various industries from you know energy and, and mining and, and dams um, to transportation where we get into uh, tunneling that's very cool sounds good you, you said a bunch of things there that i was like oh those are some words we might need to explore. <laughs> so, so how I understand it, let me throw it back at you, with layman's terms in my mind. So it's a sensor that's kind of uh, determining, a, an, you said, angle relative to gravity. So kind of like plumb line in a way. And then that, that can be translated into a 3D position somehow? That's correct. Um, so we have, uh, compared to um, you know other inclinometer technologies available, uh, ours is a continuous chain of segments, so it's using adjacent tilts of those segments, and then when it's calibrated and converted in our software, you get your XYZ Cartesian engineering units um, for rate of movements, um, direction of movements, uh, and, and uh, you know so forth. Very cool. Now, so I'm a, I'm a surveyor by trade, so a lot of this geotechnical stuff is new to me. Is it if, if you were to recommend to me as a surveyor, let's say I was starting to do more, I wanted to get more into monitoring, deformation monitoring. So I'm familiar with total stations, GNSS. What, what would be some good steps for me to kind of understand how I could use the, those aspects that, I know, that I'm familiar with, like a total station with a MEM sensor, a shape ray, a measuring type of uh, geotechnical sensors? Yeah, so you kind of have to picture it as with the total station, you're capturing those XYZ uh, coordinates or positions, usually through um, uh, prisms and, and, you know, things along those lines. Um, so it, it's, it's similar in the fact where you're, you're obtaining those engineering, you know, coordinates. It's just that relative placement in a, a very small capacity or, or relative to a, a geodetic application. So um, where we come where we, uh, you know, kind of cross paths with, with surveyors a lot, where they get brought in, um, is settlement monitoring, actually. Uh, okay. So instead of using, um, you know, total stations and a survey crew with, with settlement plates, they could look at areas where they would uh, like to automate, such as uh, railways, um, you know, and, and, and beds like that. Uh, so instead of shooting every rail tie with a total station, um, you know, for example, uh, you could, you know, install uh, temporarily or permanently uh, shape array or other instrument to be able to capture those those same types of movements and then you could just shoot in the reference end to have that uh, positioning for the sensor okay and then that's that's all displayed in in some software is it like a software i download and and install yeah so we since we have the the one instrument um our, our software is, is is built around supporting uh shape array um, but there are, are various, like I said, integrators that have um, very wide uh, software platforms. And as we get into the Internet of Things, uh, have those automated cloud-based 
um, data collection systems where they support uh, just various, um, you know, sensors um, from total stations uh, to shape arrays. So it's really interesting to kind of see the way the industry and how quickly it's moving in that direction. Um, so it seems like every time you, you're reading the news, there's a, there's another software provider um, for for these uh, geotechnical sensors. Very cool. I just I saw in the in the chat window, there's some people um, shouting out letting us know where they're from, which we're grateful for. Thank you. And I see a shout out from Toronto. Matt mentioned uh, New Brunswick, um, where shout out to our, our home university, UNB, <laughs> is where we went to. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got what kind of trying to end, again, I'll wrap this up. One of the things I'd like to, to ask you, you, Matt, is since you're kind of deep dive into, into this industry, what are uh, your kind of insights into what's coming next or what's the, you know, what are the new technologies or maybe the new things that you see happening and maybe other geotechnical experts or, or engineers or surveyors can expect to see uh, happening or changing in deformation monitoring? Uh, yeah. So I guess from, from what I've seen, um, the, the big push is just kind of, you know, the ease of installation and just giving more time for, for decision makers to have more value added input into looking at data rather than collecting it. Um, so a lot of wireless technologies have, you know, come about the last few years, um, you know, kind of mitigating cable and those interruptions just to have that seamless, reliable um, data collection on, you know, not just tunneling, but uh, as well as other uh, applications and in various industries. Very cool. Anything else you want to want to tell the folks, Matt? I think uh, I really appreciate all the great information that you've you've shared with us today. I've learned a lot, especially about MEM sensors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a learning curve, um, you know, stepping at a UMB with the with the GGE uh, degree. But uh, you know, it's been really fun, and it's a really um, you know active uh, industry, and it's it's always great. Um, you know, to be engaging clients, and it, every time you pick up on the phone, it's uh, they're doing something different uh, somewhere else. So, um, that, no, I don't really have much to add to add to that uh, beyond it. Didn't want to get uh, you know too uh, into detail about some of those technologies, but um, always available to you know answer any questions afterwards. So, uh, thanks again, Riley, for for having me on today. Yeah, of course. Now, now that's a good point. If anyone wants to to catch up with you, maybe talk about Measurand or or how they could use geotechnical sensors on their their next project. What's the best way to reach out to you or someone at Measurand? Uh, I think the easiest way would um, you know hop on our website uh, measurand.com. Um, there's a contact form um, as well as a few emails. Uh, so whether you want to you know leave your contact information and some project details for us to follow up, or if you're just looking for some more generic information. Um, you can just fire us an email, uh, you know, through our website and uh, most likely be me following up with you. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate the time, Matt. It's good to chat with you. And thanks for, you know, throwing all this knowledge out into the ether for everybody to learn. And uh, hopefully we'll be we'll seeing you maybe again on the, the Talking Tunnels <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yeah, sounds good, Riley. And uh, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. And take care until next time.